Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everybody. My name is Layla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us this morning. But before we get into the Word, let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for this opportunity to come together before you, Lord, to learn what it is that you have for each and every one of us, God, to minister to our needs, Lord, and build up our spirits and our faith, Lord. We thank you for our partners and our listeners, that they're being increased both spiritually and naturally, Lord, that you are causing them to excel and be ahead. And Lord, we thank you for the blessings upon this nation, Lord, that you are turning it to you and yourself, God, and that you're restoring it to your son, Jesus Christ, who is Lord over all. And we thank you for those things. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. And amen. Well, morning and welcome, everyone. Glad to have you with us as we continue our study of the Word, and specifically in the book of Acts. This morning we are continuing in Acts chapter 14 and our discussion from on verses 19 through 28. So if you have not had a moment to read that section of Scripture or you're just joining us, I recommend that you pause this episode at this time and give yourself the time and opportunity to cover down on that scripture. It'll make it easier to follow along in our discussion. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, I recommend you do that now. And at this time, let's continue. And the floor is now open for each of you to have the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you. And to ask any questions that you might have. So who would like to begin? I will. So the Lord is talking to me this section talking to me about the section of scripture where Paul was talking was talking about that they're appointing elders to the churches that when they pass through the says that they're appointing elders to the churches. And then the Lord reminded me of Titus. Mm-hmm. Um, Titus. Do you have a chapter and verse for us, sweetheart? Yes, Titus 1, 10 through the end of the chapter. Okay. Where it's talking about part of the task of an elder is to correct those who are straying from their true purpose and how that those who were practically pulling a Balaam and going after dishonest gain and correcting those people so that they don't um, end up falling away and then bring them back. And the Lord has shown that that's also what they're doing here when they're going through the church. Not the church. When they're going through the regions where they had established churches. Mm-hmm. They were exhorting the people. And if you look at exhorting, you can also look at the word comfort. And mm-hmm. how comfort isn't just a warm, cuddly feeling, but it's also um, not necessarily probing, but... Making people go on. Prompting. Mm-hmm. It's correction is in, involved in exhorting. And um, as you, you said, prompting people to move forward. Spurring them on. Giving them a little um, loving kick in the pants. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
No, but helping them to continue to move forward. Okay, what else you got, sweetheart? And how the Lord reminded me of what the Lord was telling the apostles to do. Not inside this case, what the apostles were supposed to be doing. They were supposed to be going throughout the region and preaching to the Gentiles. And I just found it interesting that the Gentiles, when they would come and then stir up certain people, so then the apostles would flee and then they will start a new church to have a new place or multiple churches mm-hmm. and so i was asking the lord about that and why this kept happening the lord showing reminding me of multiple places since i'm not sure the exact book but where i was talking about that as soon that those who would practically persecute them that they would think be thinking they would be doing the will of god mm-hmm. and then that they would flee to the new, a new city and then preach there and keep continuing like that mm-hmm. and i was asking the lord about that and the lord showing that this also adds to if you remember how caesar dispersed it's not just a couple of them fall on the ground and then you get a clump of trees mm-hmm. they are, are they're scattered and a wide range around the tree that it comes from. Mm-hmm. And that was John 16, 2. It says, they will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. Is that the verse? Yes. Mm-hmm. But yes, when seeds are um, dispersed from a tree, when they're dropped, whether by fruit, you know, just um, getting over ripened and falling off the tree. Some of it stays near the tree, but then birds also come and eat the seeds, right? Other animals eat the seeds and then carry it off sometimes great distances. And then those seeds are then planted, whatever the location of those animals when it, it comes out in their, their, um, their refuse from their, their bodies. When they, they go to the bathroom, the seeds come out and then it's planted and then you have another harvest. So... Why does that stand out to you, sweetheart, that the seeds go further than just right by the tree? That because if you look at it um, today, majority of the Christians, besides those who go evangelize, some of them just become complacent and stay inside that one area. And they conglomerate together instead of dispersing inside of the darkness. And it's just one patch of light with darkness around them. Hmm. Amen. Well, you know, I think that's something that seems natural to us as humans is to try to stay together and to put down roots in one place when the Lord really wants us to have our roots in him and he be the moving, right? The scripture says that in him, we live and move and have our being. Mm -hmm. And he wants that to be how we focus. But um, I'll say culture and traditions and just the human nature tells us just get in one place and stay there for the rest of your life and then, you know, try to make that work, do what you, you do. And there's some of us that the Lord does say, remain here, be be stable and be consistent. There are others that he says, your roots are in me. Go where I tell you to go, do what I tell you to do. And that's sufficient. But whatever it is, we should be doing exactly what the Lord asked us to do. Amen. 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 What does she got, honey? It then, the Lord, I was also talking to the Lord about 
when the apostles were talking to the elders of the church and telling them what had happened, and the Lord reminded me of, I believe since I have Isaiah, I know since I have either Isaiah, Ezekiel, or Jeremiah, where it talks about if there's any good news, where the, are the people just going to stay silent, or are, they, or are they going to spread the news about it? And how it wasn't the pop, the apostles just boasting, going, "This is what we've done," and then everybody else has to be below because we've done all of this, all of these things. But it was more so saying, "Hey, this is what happened. This is what the Lord was doing." Okay. Why is that important? And I'll ask a question in a different way. So in the end times, it says that they overcame by what? The blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And? That they did not love their lives even unto death. Mm -hmm. It's three things. So one, because Christ overcame, right? His blood was shed. Mm-hmm. As a propitiation or covering for our sins. And not covering as in just you you know, glaze over it or gloss over it, right? Yes. Literally to wash us white as snow. That should be an encouragement to us when we see and experience the glory and the power and the work of the Lord in our lives. We should be giving a testimony about it. We should be sharing and explaining to others what the Lord has done. Right? Yes. Yes. And that last part, isn't exactly what all Paul and Barnabas in this case experienced? They were literally persecuted and to the point of they killed Paul and the Lord raised him up. And did he stop there? No. no. He went back to all the cities that they had just preached in and taught others and established churches in to strengthen them. So you have all three happening there as a, of course, the first pattern example is the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. But it doesn't end there. That's for us to follow. And you see that here with Paul. He didn't love his life even to death. And even death could not stop him because of the Lord in him. The yes. Lord raised him up and said, you haven't completed your the purpose for which I've called you. And he went back and strengthened all those churches. And now he's strengthening the elders in Jerusalem. So understand that. Recognize that. Because what happened in, in the other, well, I'll say in all those places from the other side, from those that should have known. Exactly what it says about or discusses in Ezekiel 34, right? How... Uh, I'll say the prophecy against Israel's shepherds talks about how they literally trampled their food, the pastures. And the Lord was asking them, why have you done this for my sheep? Why is it that my sheep are suffering as a result of you? Those that should be leading them. And even the water to drink, they drank it, the shepherds but then muddied it up for everybody else. 
So there's also a, let's examine ourselves in this. Yes. Because what, what was happening here? And this is why I brought that up. Uh, that's Ezekiel 34, really in verse 7. He says, Therefore you shall hear the word of the Lord, as surely as I live, declares the Lord God, because my flock lacks a shepherd and has become prey and food for every wild beast, and because my shepherds did not search for my flock, but fed themselves instead. Therefore, shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Is that not exactly what is happening here? Paul and Barnabas are being sent to the Gentiles on their missionary trip to reconcile those back to the Lord, to strengthen others, to establish churches. But then others, that include, included the Jews of the day, right, were chasing Paul, stirring up the people, and creating strife and discord and all those among others trying to counter what was being preached and taught, which is and was and is Jesus. Yes. Yeah. So let's understand that. Let's recognize that for ourselves. And and we do that by and through the Holy Spirit, who will give us discernment as to what's being said and what our, I'll say, role or what how we should act and behave our attitude should be in that moment. Is it something that we should receive or should we oppose it? Does that make sense? Yes. Because it matters for our life. That is literally the role of the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth. So he's going to let us know if something is truth or if someone or something is speaking out of the flesh. Mm-hmm. And the flesh can never produce life. Mm-hmm. Or if they're being inspired by hell. Exactly. Mm-hmm. By demonic wisdom or... Mm-hmm. Just literally doing the will of the devil. Like flat out and intentionally. I know you get... Charles, you're making those eyebrows, but there are people that have discern, determined and decided that they are going to cooperate with Satan and be vessels specifically. And there are others that are working through their flesh that satan uses by opportunity yes so the lord lets us know absolutely and i think something to add to this for believers is you know having grown up in american um, churches it always seemed to me that if you're doing what god wants there'll be no um opposition or right right everything will go smoothly it'll be pretty it'll be um, fanciful and easy and it'll all just you know come together and no one will oppose you or or have slanderous things to say about you and then even so like the picture that i had growing up of the ministry of jesus christ was just like oh Everywhere he went, you know, there were just people and nobody bothered him and everybody just celebrated him being God. And yes, we we talked about the crucifixion and things of that nature, but it was never highlighted in my perspective that Jesus was persecuted. Yes, there were people that loved him. There were people that hated him. And there were people who sat on the fence the same way he discusses in Revelation. But there was great opposition and rejection. Absolutely. Seemingly every turn. 
Absolutely. The king Cause, of... Because it didn't start with, well, like, automatically, well, let's just jump right to crucifixion. There was a buildup, as there is with everything. Right. Even even at the Lord's birth, we see Herod trying to kill him, right? His, his early yes. life. And the Lord taking him to Egypt and all of those things. But in my mind's eye, I thought it's just a easy day. And if, you know, present day, as we've walked in ministry, if someone rejected us, it was like, oh, that hurt. Why did you, oh, you know. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> but I said what the Lord said. And it, it because I didn't understand that persecution and rejection is <laughs> a part of the gospel, mm-hmm. a big part of it, it, it threw me for a loop, if you will, because I wasn't prepared. I thought they would just receive the word with gladness. They would understand and they would go on and walk with the Lord, right? And they, I would be welcomed because I'm doing what you told me to do, Lord. But no, that's not the case. There are people that are in various stages. Some are, you know, trying to perceive God, but what you said is not what they wanted to hear or what the Lord is doing is not what they want at this time. So they reject the Lord because of that. And, and or, the other aspect to look at is, the biggest amount of rejection, uh, whether it's us or first and foremost, the Lord, mm-hmm. was received by the people who should have known better. Right. Who were the leaders, who were the teachers in the church, who, sh- who should have been able to recognize the Lord mm-hmm. and, and had that, revel- that revealed to them, that revelation. But they're the ones that resisted and rejected the most and the hardest. Right. So, you know, as we as we walk with the Lord, it is our responsibility to make sure that we're moving with him accurately. Right. We're being in total obedience to the Lord and we're saying what he tells us to say and doing what he tells us to do. But still realize that rejection and persecution is a part of it. Even it's from the people that you would think they would never reject the word of God or or, you know what I mean? Like, whatever your human perspective is, realize that this is a part of it. And as, um, what does it say? Verse 22 here says, the end of it, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. It's like they, they swallowed that and said, oh, okay, Lord, this is coming with it. We're doing your work. And as we do it, the adversary is going to do what? Be an adversary to us through whatever means and opportunity he can find he's going to try to persecute us. The people are not our problem. And you see that Paul actually comes to this understanding, and no doubt by the Holy Spirit's revelation to him, that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but it's powers and principalities. It's unseen wicked spirits that are in the, the spiritual realm, the heavenly places. They're floating around, flying around, moving around, trying to thwart the plan and the will of God. And that means they are coming to try to oppress and attack you, the believer that is doing the will of God. So because that's the case, he stopped looking at the people doing it and stopped being like, why my brothers, why are you doing this to me? And he put his eyes on Jesus with more clarity and focus. And then he continued to do the work with joyful, um, joy and gladness. Absolutely. I love how you brought that up because yes, no doubt the Holy Spirit or the Lord through his Holy Spirit, who is also part of the Godhead reveal that to him. Mm-hmm. But no doubt he also had to examine himself because he's the one that wrote the playbook that everyone is operating under. Mm-hmm. So he had to first look at himself 
and come to that realization, recognition that of the spirit that he was operating under or mm-hmm. cooperating with. It was mm-hmm. literally the plans, the schemes, the tactics of Satan, the adversary, the mm-hmm. devil, mm-hmm. to in an attempt to stop the move and the work of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So now here he is experiencing the things that I'll say he initiated, he started. Right. And uh, for that time period, mm-hmm. as, as you brought up, Herod was already part of it and, and there were countless others. Right. So he was just, I'll say the person of the day, but he had to recognize that in himself and deal with that. Mm-hmm. And as he clearly submitted to the Lord in it, he can now see it in others and understand or have a, a greater understanding and knowledge of, I'll say, the manner of spirit they were operating in mm-hmm. because they had allowed or given the enemy, the adversary, mm-hmm. a foothold and a place in their life right. and were cooperating and, with the enemy. Mm-hmm. And he goes over that later in scripture. Don't allow yourself to be used as a vessel for the adversary. Don't yield your members to Satan because he's going to use them to do wickedness. Mm-hmm. Through So yeah, he had to look at all of those things and we're grateful for what the Lord showed him and what he, through the Holy Spirit's unction and guidance, wrote down for us to be able to partake of and not have to relearn the same lessons the way he had to learn them. Amen. Today. Amen. And because it applies to our life today mm-hmm. and every day. Mm-hmm. Well, let's pause there. Mm-hmm. We're going to stop there for today and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you and and carry on and be a blessing to others. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, I promise. Lord, thank you for today. Just thank you for giving us an opportunity to be a part of your plan, Lord. Mm-hmm. And just giving us what needs to be done, Lord, so that we're able to do it, Lord. And just giving us your Holy Spirit, Lord, so that we're able to do it in wisdom, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for allowing us to know you, Lord, and that we're not just left astray, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And amen. Well, we love you, God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.